It's Saturday morning. That means it's time for Michael Nesco's Renegade Rock here on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network, bringing all the great tunes every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we now have interviews up. We have David Reese up and running. We have J. Jesse Johnson up and running. Ainsley Dunbar up and running. Bobby Caldwell up and running. And today we have a special guest, Mr. Greg Chason. Welcome to Renegade Rock, Greg. Hey, we just heard Highwire. That's where we opened the show from. And everybody knows, you know, you're from Badlands and all that. And we will get to that. want to hear about your new project uh, that you have, Atomic Kings from the Phoenix area. Tell us about it, Greg. Atomic Kings is Ken Ronk on vocals, Ryan McKay on guitar and vocals, Jimmy Taft on drums, and yours truly on bass and vocals. It's an original band, 70s style hard rock, not unlike the stuff that you probably like. I've heard it. It sounds great. You know, we wear our influences on our sleeves, so you'll be able to hear a lot of different things where people would be able to go, oh, that kind of reminds me of this, that, or the other thing, because we're not too shy about it. We don't rip anybody off, but we uh, definitely like our 70s. So how did this come together? Are these all guys you knew from the music store? Uh, Is that Bizarre Guitar? Is that what it's called? Bizarre Guitar and Drum in Phoenix is the store that I, Go ahead. I wish I was there to go in there, man. It's a cool store. We have anywhere from, at any given time, 1,200 to 1,500 guitars, basses, drums, all that kind of stuff. I'd be going nuts. Yeah, it's a musician's candy store. I bet. And what a place to manage and have fun working. Yeah, the owner lives in another state, so I basically, she leaves me to do it however I see fit. She trusts me to run it the way that That's a big responsibility, man. That's pretty cool. That's great. And it's still part of the music business. Who came up with that name? That's a pretty cool name. I like it. I did. We wanted to kind of still have the Kings thing in it, but we wanted it to be bigger than Dust. So Atomic kind of turns things into Dust. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> we're, we're happy with the name. Everyone seems to like it. We found Ken. Ken is a guy that I had played in a... He's a good guitar player. Uh, yeah, he can play guitar and sing. Um, Ryan's the main guitar player, who's also a great singer. He was in a band called Crash Street Kids that put out like three albums in the 90s. Yeah, he's good. Very good. Ken kind of fit the direction of the music that we were going to be doing. And like I said, he and I were in a trying to put together this bad company tribute band. And I really liked his voice. And I thought, you know, at some point I'd like to be in a band with him. And so, uh, lo and behold, here with the four of us are. Life is good when you wish for something and it happens. It's just wonderful. Exactly. And you have a great family life back there in Phoenix. You have a beautiful wife and your wonderful daughter and son. Is Cole still doing baseball? You do too, right? Are you still playing, or did you retire from that? I'm still playing. I play in a 60 or 55 and over league. I know you're a baseball fan, fanatic. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a baller. The thing about Cole is he's halfway through his master's degree, so he isn't playing a lot of ball right now. Right. And your daughter, she's a. She's a little younger than Angelica, I think. Yeah. She's 23. She has a degree in graphic 
working at the store or she's been going on interviews. Wow. So I'll be able to keep her at the store much longer. I know. There's a big demand for that. There really is. Yeah, yeah she's been doing lots of interviews and lots of uh, people. Well, good luck to her about that. That's great. A proud dad, proud papa. Exactly. That's what life's all about. And I love your new dog, your new pooch. He's probably huge by now. He's about 110 pounds. Yeah. And he's also nine and a half months long. My friends have two bull mastiffs, so I, I know they're beautiful dogs. Well, this is, he's a dog de Bordeaux, which is a French mastiff. Oh, wow. Think of the movie uh, Turner Hooch. Yeah, that was Hooch, yeah. <laughs> he's a big slobbery dog, but we love him. So, the Tommy Kings, are you going to be going into the studio soon and uh, cutting a record or concentrating on live? By the time this airs, because this is July, we will have been already in the studio. We're going in first week of May. We signed to a label out of uh, Las Vegas called Tonehouse Records, a really good label. They have their own studio, so we're going to record there. And there, if you can imagine this, they're one of those labels that puts the artists first. Wow. So, I know. I'm on, I'm on a label like that. Yeah. It is. I've been on big labels, but they all they care about is the bottom line. The smaller labels are more about the artist and what they're producing. Not nothing against the larger labels, but you know, now and then you you have to spread out. You know. And and then we are. uh, We'll have. But at this point, we we're opening for Ace Frehley on April twenty sixth. He looks pretty hip in those ads, man. I I'm sure he's uh, got a rock and set performed. And uh, we're looking forward to that. By the time this airs, we'll have already done that show. Right. And then once uh, the record will come out, the end, uh, Tone House wants it out the end of summer. Where are you recording that? In the Phoenix area? No, that's up in Vegas. Vegas? Nice. So I'll get to go up there and hopefully uh, Jake and I will have dinner one night. It should be awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's very exciting for you. Yeah. We've got about a dozen songs written. If you were to go on our Facebook page... Atomic Kings, you could find some videos of us playing some of those songs live out in front of Bizarre Guitar and Drum. Yes, and we will. And uh, is there an Atomic Kings website yet? Well, we're working on that, but there's an Atomic Kings Facebook page. Okay, good. So, Greg, who was the first band or bass player that you saw as a young kid that inspired you to want to become a musician and and be a rock star? No, I was supposed to go to college to play baseball. Wow. I didn't want to go to college. I had no problem playing baseball. What what position in uh, high school? Outfield. Wow. And what was your batting average? Right. Some kids in my neighborhood that were younger, they had a band and they approached me the summer I graduated from high school. Uh, I think that was 1871, if I'm not correct. Yeah, that was it, little hook. <laughs> so they said, uh, hey, if you've got a bass, you could be in our band. And I had never even considered that as an option. So, Had you been playing it by then? No, I wasn't a musician at all. Oh, wow. But I didn't play at all, so I, I bought 
a bass at the pawn shop. They had a bass amp, and I joined their band, and I found out later that the reason they got me in the band is because they were a couple years younger than me, and some of the other guys were picking on them because they had long hair, and they figured if they got the neighborhood dog... You beat them up for them. Yeah, well, and I didn't find that out until about six months later, and when I, they told me about it, and I said, well, did that work? And they said, well, yeah. I said, cool. <laughs> Weird way to become a musician, but I was really influenced. I mean, the first now is this in Fremont? No, this was in Phoenix. Phoenix, okay. In Phoenix, so the first band I was really into was Grand Funk. Yeah, Mel Shackner. Mel Shackner, great bass player. I was also really into Humble Pie. You know, Humble Pie. Yeah. Oh, Greg Ridley. Well, there are a lot of guys. You know, whether it's Martin Turner from Wishbone Axe or Felix Capillardi from Mountain, of course, Tim Bogert. Yes. In his days in Cactus, Rob Grange on the early Amboy Duke stuff, Jimmy Randall from JoJo Gun, and uh, Andy Fraser from uh, Free. Wow. There were a n number of guys. In the 70s, all the bands had really excellent bass players, so it, was, it didn't matter if it was the James Gang, the UFO. Or what, what's the deal with that? It seems you're, that's really true. I mean, all those bands had really great bass players. Well, you know the story behind Cream when they went to, to New York. Uh, Ahmert Ettergan basically wanted to make Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker like backup guys, and Eric, Eric was going to be the front man. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? It wouldn't have been the same, that's for sure. Yeah, so. I was a big Jack Bruce fan as well, and And, and you can hear all those influences in your playing, but you know what the best thing about it? You have your own sound, Greg. Well, I always say I'm a little bit of everything from those guys and a little bit of nothing. So I kind of like a lot of guys have taken my influences and kind of molded them into what I do. The problem is now, I always blame it on ACDC. ACDC came along and don't don't start yelling. I like I like some ACDC. I, I like Bon Scott ACDC, that's it. So do I, but they really dumbed the bass playing part down to just... Oh yeah, one note, yeah. One note, and so once that became huge, that's what everyone wanted, I mean... And most glam metal bands too for that... Well, Forget it. Are you kidding me? Could you imagine, uh, you know... Tim Bogert without... I mean, Vanilla Fudge without Tim Bogert? Or any of those guys. Yeah. Uh, three without Andy Frazier playing that way. So, JoJo Gunn with Jimmy Randall. So, a lot of those guys... I mean, Deep Purple without Roger Glover. Can you imagine that? I mean, listen to Deep Purple on uh, on Fireball. Listen to the song, No, 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 and tell me how that would sound. Pictures like. from home. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. I was really influenced by those guys, and they were not, uh, they were, bass back then was not less is more. Bass was considered on par with the drummer or the guitar player, and it, it added its own special flavor and path and distinction to the music, and that's what I grew up on, so that's the style I always play. Well, you, you're doing it well, and I'm glad you're still playing over all these years. You know, right now we're the, talking to Greg Chason here on Michael Nesco's Renegade Rock, and we're going to go to a break, and we're going to play something from Atomic King. And then we're going to come back and talk about some Badlands. We'll be right back with Greg Chason. <laughs>
Hi, this is Michael Nusko. You're listening to the Renegade Rock on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network. We have Greg Chase on here, and we just got done listening to his band, Atomic Kings. Welcome back, Greg. Glad to be back. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear your Andy Frazier story, man. That's a very well-known studio. Yeah, great studio, by the way. I was doing a sessions for a guitar player named Carrie Sharaf, who had been in Billy Squire for, like, Don't Say No and all that. Was that the guy with the blonde hair? Maybe his hair was blonde. I don't remember. But um, he had was trying to write his own songs, and he was trying to sing on them. And they were pretty poppy. And so it was me, him, and then the drummer was Stephen Riley, who, uh, you know, was from L.A. Guns. And right, right, right. So when we got done, as they were loading out, the engineer from the other studio, there was an adjoining studio, came over and said, hey, uh, do you fancy playing on uh, bass on a track, this piano track that this guy here has, and he's interested in you playing bass on it? And I said, yeah, I guess. So I went next door and listened to the track, and it was a pretty cool track, and so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll play on it. So I just laid down in one take this bass track on this three-and-a-half-minute song. <laughs> nice. As we were listening back, at the board I was standing there listening and then the guy who had been playing piano was standing there next to me and I turned and looked to him and I, I looked over at him I said you're Andy Fraser." <laughs> and, yeah. and I said is this you playing piano and he said yeah <laughs> I said what are you having me play bass on it yeah it's like because I was listening to you as you were recording in the other room and I really liked the way you played and I thought it would really fit on this piano track what and a compliment I, man just wow oh, it was it was pretty how long did that last? Uh, that must have lasted for days. Uh, you must have been high for days off that, right? It was a weird, I mean, it was just so weird. It was surreal to be standing there next to Andy Fraser, one of the, in my opinion, one of the great, greatest bass players that ever lived. Oh, the, some of those grooves on the free records are unbelievable. So I don't know if it ever came out or whatever happened to it. I didn't get paid for it, and I didn't really need to get paid. Just to I'd like to hear that. I would love to hear that. Yeah, very, very, uh, when I met up at the NAM show for five minutes, he just seemed very humble, very nice guy. So it re-inspired you. That sort of gets you going, man. <laughs> so tell me about your solo record. Nobody really talks about Greg Chase on solo record with Rob Lamoth singing on a tune. That's pretty cool, Greg. Was this before Blindside Blues Band or after? Okay, same time. Right, right, right. I've been playing on this uh, this band. I've done a couple records for them called uh, Die Happy. They were like a Christian. I've heard of them. Yes. Kind of a metal Badlandsy sort of thing. The singer sounded a lot like Ray. So I'd done a couple records with them, and I'd written some songs for the two records. The label said, "Hey, would you be interested in doing a record for us?" And I said, "Only if I could have complete control of what the material's like." And they said, "Sure, but we want you to sing on it too." 
I have never heard you sing until I put on that record. I know, I was blown away. <clears throat> and you do play guitar too, right? Yeah, okay. No, but I know you play guitar, yes. I play guitar and I'm actually an above average drummer. I'm no Bobby Caldwell or Ainsley Dunbar, but I can make it work. <laughs> you know, it's funny, when I was interviewing Bobby, he told me that he played in Cactus when Tim Bogert and uh, Carmine left to play with Jeff Beck. I never knew that. Was that Jim McCarty? No, they um, had uh, Mike Panera. Oh, wow. And the keyboard player, Wayne Hitchings. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's. Him have the name. And so Bobby was doing that, and I think he left that to go do Armageddon. I didn't mean to distract. I just, back to your story. I did the record I sang on it. I, it's very kind of Texas blues meets a little bit of British blues rock. Is that still available, Greg? And on what label is that again? It's on YouTube, right? Uh, I'm sure it is. So it's kind of like if the Almond Brothers and Vintage ZZ Top went and hung around with Humble Pie and Free. Well. A guy that sounds like Johnny Winter was singing on Right. Do you sing like Johnny Winter? Yeah, that's what I'm told. Well, that's not too bad, man. <laughs> well, I actually don't like my voice. In my head, it doesn't sound the way that it does on tape. In my head, when I'm singing, I, I think I sound really great. And your talking voice is different, too. Well, I think I sound like Greg Allman, and then I listen to myself singing, I'm going, damn it. All my listeners want to hear about Badlands because, you know, very great band, very... I have to tell you, my second wife came to me, brought me this cassette, and it was the first Badlands record, and I, and I put it on and I wore it out. I actually broke the tape because I played it so many times. I was hooked. So tell us about Badlands, how you hooked up, and the whole L.A. thing there. The way that I kind of hooked up with it is Mike Barney had asked me to be in his column that he did that guitar spot. Right, the guitar spotlight, right. He was in L.A. doing something, and he didn't have his column ready, and Mike and I had known each other because I played bass in Steeler, and, of course, Steeler did a record up at Katati with Ingve and Ron and all that. Right. And was that Shrapnel? Shrapnel? Uh, yeah. somebody and he didn't have a column ready and he called me and said hey i want you to be in my column and i'd never even considered the idea of doing that and i said well i, I don't have anything to send you and he goes well i've seen you play just write me a bio bring me a photo put some bass playing down on a on a tape in your ghetto blaster and just bring it to me and and i'll uh <laughs> dissect it and I'll, I'll put it in the column okay my, my girlfriend now my wife we went to barney's hotel and dropped it off and i thought it was complete crap but barney liked it and, and like i said he'd seen me play a lot of times. right so he knew already. So years later, a few years later, I get Ozzy's looking for a bass player, and they announced it on MTV, and they wanted people to send in their cassette and their photo and all that. Was that after um, um, Randy Rose just passed away? Yeah, this was after Bark at the Moon, so this was before The Ultimate Sin. Bobby Blotzer from Rat, who is one of my best friends, he said, man, you got to send in this package. And Ross Halpin, the photographer, also a really good friend of mine at the time, said, send in a package to them. So I put together this cheesy package, and in part of my bio, I put the guitar spotlight column with this really crazy picture of me that Mike wanted. They got something like between four and 7,000 people. I bet. Sending <laughs> their packages. So I had no clue that I was going to get called. Well, out of the blue, Sharon Osborne called me. Do you talk to Sharon Osborne? Well, it's funny because she called. Hello, Greg. This is Sharon Osborne, and we 
great package and we really like you to audition for Ozzy. And I said, Blockster, this isn't funny. And I said, <laughs> well, then he says, no, Greg, it's really Sharon Osborne and we, we really like what you do. And I said, Bobby, God dang it, this isn't funny. And I hung up on him again. Oh, man, are you kidding me? <laughs> Time and she said, uh, Greg, it really is Sharon Osborne. If you hang up It's just like that movie Rockstar. <laughs> I'm telling you. I agree with you. He is. He's an excellent, and his drum parts were just really great. I was hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff always writes his own parts. So that leads us into, we're going to end the show with flying. And I have to t tell my listeners that I was lucky enough to have Greg Chase on in the Blindside Blues Band with me for three records. And it was a thrill. I still remember doing, the first record was so much fun. And I think it was our best sounding one for the three of us, you know, doing it. Don't you? Blindside record is 
by far my favorite. The drum and ba- the, the, the rhythm section is, you know, me and Jeff. So we played together for a long time. We've known each other since. And you can tell, you guys are, uh, uh, and that made my job easier because I didn't have to worry about you guys because you already, and you picked up on everything that I was throwing at you because you're a pro. So it was fun. Well, the bass playing on this, on this particular track, flying. Flying, it's, it's sick. <laughs> yeah. Prairie Sun. Yeah, Petaluma, whatever that is. Katati. Katati, and then the next day you start rehearsing the songs for that day. You've never heard the songs till the night before you rehearse them. And then on the third day you record, and on the fourth day you go home. I know, it's that fast. Slam, bam, thank you, man. I remember when we were working on flying, you know, you had a basic demo. Jeff just started playing that drum part, and I just locked in with that bass part. And that's my favorite song in the record. Mine, too. I know, but it's mine, too. Um, and yeah, we just took off and Flying was born and had a great time just hanging out at the restaurants, listening to you and Mike tell stories, you you and Jeff, because, you know, Scotty and I were just the young guys, never made any records or anything, so we were looking up to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's Jeff is, and he's great. I love Jeff Martin. I'm just glad that we got to do those records. We only got a few more minutes here, Greg. So if you have anything to say, parting words to our Renegade Rock listeners, now's the time. I would just say Atomic Kings, Atomic Kings. Atomic Kings. My pleasure, Greg. We'll pick up the record and uh, Atomic Kings on Tone House Records. It's going to be awesome. Tone House? Great. I love it. What are the uh, live gigs you got coming up? Are you going to be touring with the band or what's going on with that? Well, I know we'll be playing at some point when the record comes out. We'll go play in Vegas. We'll play at the Whiskey and some in San Diego. We'll do some of that stuff. But, you know, we're all older men and we all have jobs. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's not realistic anymore. <laughs> well, Ryan and I work at the same store, and there's only five of us there. So right. Six weeks, that means three people have to work six days a week. So, but we'll go out and do some weekend gigs. And, sure. Uh, you know, see what happens with it. If you watch the stuff on our uh, Instagram or Facebook page, the songs come off pretty well live. I think that... Uh, they do. I can't wait to hear it recorded in a studio. It's going to sound great. Well, thanks again, Greg Chason, for coming on Renegade Rock. We're going to leave the show with flying. The best of luck to you, my friend. I hope we get to see each other soon. 